up, guys? I'm Jesse. Across from me is Jay Purcell, and this is Roots 2 Grooves. What's up, Jay? What's up, everybody? Welcome to 2023. <clears throat> yeah. We think we've already released a couple of episodes this year, but is this the first one first we've recorded in 2023? I think it is. <laughs> so good to be year. here in the new year. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. Yeah. Happy New Year to you all. Let's get it. Let's get into it. It's a fantastic year. It's a fantastic At, day. Actually, you know, we should say this because it's a new year and all that. We should like do a recap of what, what this podcast is about, maybe for new listeners, because we haven't said that in a few episodes, maybe. Oh, go for yeah. it if you like. Rooster Grooves. Uh, each week, me and Jesse sit here. We talk about a new artist. We talk about um, their music, their career, where they came from, from their various earliest beginnings, their roots, <laughs> to their music, their grooves. And that wasn't cheesy at all. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So basically, uh, as musicians ourselves, we, you know, we're really interested in in all of these topics, right? The the business mm -hmm. side, the music side, the creativity, the mindset. What so kind of equipment people are using, how they get the equipment, yeah. who they're inspired by, who they're influenced by, musically and non musically. Yeah, yeah, all of that stuff is uh, interesting, and we're almost creeping up to a hundred episodes. And, creeping, and it hasn't been. There's not one story or one artist we've covered yet that's been boring, I don't think. There's a story to them all. <laughs> yeah. They're like Pokemon and we got to catch them all. Yeah. And this week, who are we talking about? We're talking about Block Party. There you go. Yeah. Not Capitol Hill Block Party, though. The band Block Party. Yeah. Out of uh, Across the Pond, the UK. Yeah. UK band. This was your suggestion this week. Mm -hmm. uh, surprised me because I've heard about them for a long time and really liked them. Haven't really like listened to their most recent stuff, but they just kind of were coming out as I moved to the US. Oh, okay, nice. So yeah. you knew about them? Yeah, yeah. They were like big coming out, releasing their first album in the UK just as I was leaving. So mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah. basically that first album, Silent Alarm. Yeah, that's the album. It's pretty good. Yeah, uh, but I mean, yeah. Let's let me back up a little bit. The, these guys are post rock. Yeah, it's like a rock band. Yeah. Um, do you, do you have the name of the singer? Uh, or the yeah, band members in general. I do. I'm. I'm I don't think I'm going to do justice to his last name, but I know I th I memorized it and I studied it, and I I'm not sure <laughs> if I could say it. <laughs> uh, Kelly o Okareke, Okareke, Orake, yeah, Orake. Orake. I actually haven't heard it pronounced in the interviews I watched, so I apologize, Kelly, for not getting your last name. Okareke. Okay, you studied this, and you and I nothing, did, but no I forgot. Bells, now, no bells are ringing. As soon as we're on the air, it goes whoosh. There you go. The red light fever. Yeah. Okay, but no, it is. Uh, could I get a little bit of volume, actually, please? More volume. A little volume in my ears. All right. How's okay. That? Yeah, that's perfect. All right. Okay, cool. So, I mean, we're talking like post-punk. Post yeah. They're a little post-hardcore. They, they started with a lot of guitars, really hooky, kind of jagged edges, like mm -hmm. angular guitars, like sharp, yep. you know, dynamic changes. Yeah. Kind of sh just general sharp sounds, yeah. if that makes any sense. But it's basically indie rock, yeah, yeah, in the most general sense, yeah. Driving uh, a lot of energy in that first album, sign mm -hmm. alarm. Um, but yeah, uh, we were we were name checking them. Do you want? Should we name check them? Oh, let's finish. Okay. Uh, so Kelly is the lead uh, <laughs> lead vocalist. Oh, correct. Rhythm guitarist, uh, songwriter. Plays piano, I think, as well. Does mm -hmm. a little bit of production-y things. Um, who else we got? Russell Lissack. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lead guitarist. Uh, does samples, bit of synths, bit of programming. Justin Harris, bass guitar, backing vocals. And Louise Bartel, 
or Bartel. Bartel? Bartel is it like a <laughs> yeah, CVS. Um, <laughs> drums. She's the new drum. <laughs> this is the current lineup, but they've had a long history since they started back, like right. uh, long ago. So the two other members that were there for a long time, founding members, Matt Tong was the original drummer, and Gordon Mokes was the original bass guitarist. We'll talk about. Nice. Them a little bit later on. Um, that's them name checked. But yeah, it's a four piece uh, in various mm -hmm. guises. Two, two basically guises, two different lineups, but four piece mm -hmm. traditional kind of rock band. Yeah. Drums, bass, guitar. Um, they have like, they have like uh, several albums out. Yeah. Six um, studio albums. Six yeah. Specifically. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, we're in 2023. They came out in basically 2003. Yeah. So they're basically coming up on 20 years right. being a band. Yeah. Um, doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Like they were pretty huge. Yeah. They won some awards. Yeah. You know, in England, they tr they've charted on, you know, Billboard. Yeah. They've played big tours. Yeah. Um, they kind of had a really awesome opportunity right out of the gate and they capitalized on it they and they've been doing it ever since. Yeah. They were saying one of the few rock bands that did well in America as well, mm -hmm. UK rock bands. I think they had a, they toured here multiple times and mm -hmm. have a good fan base over here as well yeah so, yeah. yeah so the, and the one thing to say in general is they were kind of coming up in this this scene or this movement of you know kind of indie rock music that was burgeoning in the music industry like we're talking the strokes mm -hmm. yeah 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 mm -hmm. you know france ferdinand scottish mm -hmm. band mm -hmm. um <clears throat> even bands like the hives mm. razor light razor light yeah um but a bunch of these bands you know and we'll talk about it a little bit more as we go but yeah it was interesting because yeah 2004 was when that foot their first album came out and yeah we're sort of this is like the next wave of artists after like oasis and all of that kind yeah of stuff. Um, of, uh, like the next generation of brit pop yeah kind of i think i said on a previous episode that uh it was funny like because 90s mainstream uk music was like it kind of had a lot of like R&B and hip hop and stuff like that, boys to men and stuff like that in the 90s. And also boy bands, like pop boy bands and mm -hmm. stuff like Backstreet Boys and all that. Beyonce, I guess, was doing her thing then. Um, but, or oh, that was later, I guess, as well. But like, but there was still this like uh, mainstream uh, love of like rock bands in the UK kind mm -hmm. of thing. And, and Block Party were part of that, which I think is like, you know, what kind of uh, did well for them as well, you know, getting their music out there kind of thing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. They were, I think they were kind of part of that scene, but I, internally, I think they kind of view themselves as the next step from that scene. Yeah. Like they don't, they didn't, they, I think they kind of specifically didn't want to be one of those bands yeah. in that scene that they were kind of a part of. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just going to say on the record, I, they were basically a part of it, but they saw themselves as a, a next step or they were at least trying to be something different. I was going to mention it later, but I'm going to mention it now because it's, it's related exactly to what you're saying. Oh, yeah, go for it. I think there was a quote that Kelly said at some point, um, basically saying that he likes his artists to have a little bit of edge in them or mm -hmm. like a bit of a fight like mm -hmm. uh, or t like inner turmoil going on. To him, that's interesting. Like if an artist is sharing something lyrically and they're a bit uncomfortable about it, like that is like really interesting to him. Mm -hmm. And he mentioned bands like Franz Ferdinand and Razorlight where he said they didn't have that about them. It was like about more of like a rock star persona bravado. Right. And he said, <laughs> he said I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, yeah, ten, mark my words, 10 years from now, these people will be footnotes and won't even be footnotes in history. They'll be like, no one will remember them because they didn't have that sort of inner fight Dang, quality about them. That's saying a lot. 
And I think he's true. I don't know about those bands specifically, but definitely other groups. Like there was this band Kaiser Chiefs that were big in England around that time. I haven't heard anything from them. And they might still be around, but mm-hmm. but Block Party is still here and they're on their sixth album. That's so, true. Yeah. So maybe he, maybe yeah. there was some truth to what he yeah. was saying. Yeah. I think we can elaborate it as we go on, but mm-hmm. something really interesting about that concept of what you said about yeah. artists having that kind of inner fight turmoil, like not just completely relaxed and have nothing to say, like have something to say that's a little bit like uh, vulnerable, I guess. Like, sure, yeah. yeah. No, totally yeah. vulnerable is a yeah. great way to say it. Um, yeah. Also, I was going to say their music's kind of sensitive, even though it's it's really yeah. ragged and, and harsh sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's also, it just re- retains and maintains a level of, of that sensitivity yeah which is cool yeah um so i guess the, the last thing i'll say um just about the the band in general block party we're talking about b-l-o-c block yep and i actually don't know where that name came from other than or oh, that spelling at least is that how they spell it in the uk uh yeah and oh really uh, that as far as the name origins of this band go um it was the original bass player that came up with it gordon mokes um they said they eventually they like had a bunch of other names that weren't working and they mm-hmm. settled on this one and mostly just because of the the way they like it sounded basically yeah. it wasn't anything more complicated than that it, it is like, a better band name than the other ones we'll talk, we'll talk about it later yeah and uh but since they've been traveling the world they've realized that it's uh means different things in different countries like apparently there's a poli- political party in canada called the block party with the same spelling or something, oh, so. <laughs> that is a little confusing yeah so they basically said there was nothing political about their choice of name here it was purely just it sounded cool so nice. It does sound go. cool. I would agree. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And so let me just finish off. The last thing was we opened up this podcast with the song Helicopter. Yeah. And so that was like my introduction to the band back in the day right. when I was starting to get into like indie rock. Yeah. Um, probably like the early 2000s when Strokes were on the radio. Yeah. Franz Ferdinand, Killers. Yeah. Um, and they were kind of in there and I discovered Helicopter was the first song. And then I discovered, I think, Banquet and that whole album yeah. was really cool. And then I sense kind of they've they've been on kind of the back burner of my brain for the last fifteen years or so. There you go. So yeah. cool band that we get to talk about today. I'm excited yeah. talking about Block Party, yeah. Roots to Grooves. Let's play another track. Let's do that one you just mentioned, Banquet. Oh, Banquet. So this yeah. is uh, this is probably one of their. I mean, like their huge breakout hit on that first album, Silent Alarm. Banquet by Block Party on Rooster Grooves on Signal Radio. Here we are. Yeah. That was a great album. Silent Alarm, their debut album that came out in 2004, right? Mm -hmm. Damn, long time ago. I didn't realize it was that long. I I thought it was 2007 because that's when I came to the States. 
But no, it was 2004. They're, they're already on their second album when I came over here. Yeah. yeah. They've already been going yeah. around. Yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, always a great time to discover a new band. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, yeah, let's just, where did these guys come from? Do we have any info on where they came from? One of the only, I mean, do you have anything that goes deep? Uh, only not super deep. Um, and not about every member kind of thing. But Me either. Uh, Kelly... His, his uh, parents were Nigerian originally, mm -hmm. came straight over from Nigeria to Liverpool in the UK, I think, originally. And then they settled in an area called Essex, which is not far from London. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, his parents were very um, uh, what's the, traditional, I would say, like, and religious. Like, like they conservative? Yeah, conservative. They go to church every day. Sunday, I guess, you know, very... Some kind of Christians. Yeah, and he, you know, didn't really like that, you know, growing up. Um, it was kind of interesting. He, he sort of, he, he sort of, he made an observation at some point about like, uh, you know, you go to church and you be like holier than now and then you go out into reality where you're just like bitter about the world like everyone else's kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He said something like that and... I think it was a bit hard for him. Also, like growing up, you know, the son of immigrants, but he was born in England and and being black as well in England at that time was like not easy, especially in the area he was living in. He wasn't like living in inner city kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it sounded like he had a little bit of a, you know, it was, you know, sort of a tough sort of, I don't want to say tough upbringing because I haven't heard him say that, but, mm -hmm. but it, it wasn't exactly like a walk in the park sort of thing right. with his background and growing up and having this religious thing mm -hmm. over his head that he wasn't really into kind of thing. Right. Um, his uh, mum was a mid midwife and his dad was a molecular biologist. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he said at one point he's not proud to be British. I saw this quoted somewhere. I don't know if this is something he still feels or whatever, but... Um, but he also doesn't consider himself Nigerian because he wasn't born there. He last visited when he was 14 and he just saw a lot of begging on the streets and police corruption is kind of what he walked away with, like from his time there kind of thing. Um, obviously this is a quotes. This is information that's came out a long time ago. I don't know. He, he he's older now. He might mm -hmm. have a different outlook on this kind of stuff, but, um, um, but yeah. That's like mostly him. And Matt Tong, I, I think he was from Bournemouth, an area called Bournemouth. And uh, all I know about him, and it's something that Kelly said about him, was that uh, at a certain point when Matt was younger, he, he wasn't really doing much. He was just hanging around the house and not really, you know, being productive. And his mum told him to go to London and start a band. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> orders. Yeah. And so like... <laughs> Kelly was like he he wished he had that sort of parenting where they were like supportive of like the creative thing because mm -hmm. I guess essentially they weren't really supportive of any musical creative ambition. Right, they just weren't have. really into the yeah. the whole thing. They weren't yeah. music musicians. They weren't really into music. Yeah, and so he just kind of discovered this and kind of used it as an outlet. Yeah, as, yeah. as far as I that's what I gather. Found. Yeah. Yeah, and um, some of his early influences, I think, were this band called Suede. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but they were like uh, sort of 
it's funny you have like different time periods of like this rock music in england kind of thing and i think it was like suede and the smiths and mm -hmm. all that and then it was oasis and blur and mm -hmm. then it was like block party and all this sort yeah. of stuff so so yeah suede were like this um great rock band very uh like almost like smiths-esque morrissey-esque not okay. quite just sort of like a little bit grand plush song writing yeah kind of you know, I feel big lyrics or grandiose yeah big melodies and stuff like that cool but not but in an indie way like not in a not yeah 90s indie way i guess so yeah um and i think he said somewhere it was when he heard them swayed that he was like oh this is like what i want to do kind mm -hmm. of thing. that's the sound kind of thing so and that's, here's yeah. so that was a big yeah. inspiration yeah a couple others i got some other inspirations chemical brothers yeah mm -hmm. pixies mm-hmm the Smiths already mentioned. Uh, Mogwai, mm. I'm not familiar. I know of them. Heard a few tracks, but I don't know much about them. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Sonic Youth. Mm. Yeah. Joy Division. Yeah. DJ Shadow. Yeah, that's crazy. Making an appearance. Interesting. Yes. We did an episode on DJ Shadow. Go check, check it, it out. out. Yeah. Drinks, you owe me a beer. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, all right. Um, actually, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, cool. So, so that's, yeah, about their, their upbringing. I don't know much too much about them. But, mm -hmm, yeah, the only yeah. other thing I have for, like, upbringing is Kelly, when he was in his, living in his parents' house, I'm guessing, like, teen years or, like, you know, 10 years old to 15, somewhere in there. I'm, I'm speculating because I don't have that info. But he was, like, a kid in his house, and his older sister would listen to some music, and she had Park Life, oh, yeah. the Blur album. Right. And so he, he would always... He told a story about sneaking up there and listening to Park Life over yeah. and over. Yeah. And that was a pretty big influence as well. Right. As you know, Blur's kind of a huge influence. Damon Albarn's like an influence on the whole music industry at large. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. He comes up a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's an inspiration to me. I like him. His me too. approach to music and stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. And his, uh, his general veracity for creating music and pushing it out. Right. Yeah. Just a lot of music. Yeah. Prolific. Uh, high quality. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, St. the Dal Damon Albarn podcast. <laughs> One day it will be. <laughs> it, it's going to be. It's morphing. It's going to be Damon Albarn and Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. Yeah, yeah. All right. So so they form a band. Yeah. So basically it's um, Okarek, otherwise known as Kelly. Yeah. Um, and Lysak. Yeah. It was Lysak. Russell. Lysak or Lysak. 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 Right in. Tell us. Um, what was his first name? We can, Russell. We can go by Russell. Yeah, Russell and Kelly. Yeah. So I guess they first met when they were in school. Mm -hmm. I think grade school, like high school. Right. I don't know, whatever you guys call that, secondary. Secondary school, yeah. Look, I'm learning about yeah, the UK. There you go. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> and and then I guess they went, they parted ways or whatever. I don't have that info, but they mm. re-met at the 1999 Reading Music Festival. Yeah. I guess just by chance. Yeah, and they were just attending the festival, yeah. I think. Uh, and just crazy. I might have been there, 1999. I might have been at the same Reading Music Festival. That I'm just thinking about this right now. Maybe you were. It's possible. It was either that or the year after. I feel like it's probable. <laughs> yeah. Whichever year uh, Chili Peppers played, I think it might have been. Yeah, it might have been 99 or 2000. Internet sleuths they figure were, it out and let us know. They were doing the Scar Tissue album, California Californication. Love it. Yeah. There you go. This is a Jelly I think you were podcast. there. See, I told you, it comes up again. <laughs> um, um, so they they just discovered they had some similar musical tastes. Yeah. And they also had some friends in common. Yeah. Uh, so they started 
they're, they're like, let's make some music together, see what happens. Yeah. And then that kind of, I guess they were just working on stuff in their room basically for months. Just yeah. Starting to create demos and stuff. Yeah. Just bedroom music mm-hmm. coming just up with songs. learning stuff. Yeah. They're like, they were just, they weren't like tried and true musicians yet. You know, yeah. they were just learning yeah. their instruments, learning how to produce, learning how to create. Yeah. It was just the two of them and they realized they needed more people. Yeah. So they, they, set out to find a bass player. Mm-hmm. And I guess the story that I heard, the way that they did that was they reached out and put an ad out mm-hmm. in in NME. Yeah. I don't know if it's the NME or... Just NME. NME. I think, but I think well, it, yeah. Was yeah. it News? The the New Musical Express. Yeah, I think New it was Music the Express. official original name. Yeah. And then it was like a it. newspaper. Yeah, it was like a... Period- periodical back in the day. Yeah, it was magazine but i'm trying to it might have been printed like a newspaper actually yeah, I, th- I, I think it was yeah and then it, it morphed yeah. and obviously turned into a brand and everything yeah but the, yeah they used to have like the the classifieds for musicians in that like yeah you go through and see i looked at some of them as well like mm-hmm. still all these, there all these bands in london i don't know if they still print it they're, they're still around i don't but i don't know if they're online do, now maybe yeah i don't know if they do this classified thing anymore it's interesting something for us to think look into something for you guys to tell us yeah but that's how um they found justin right through that ad yeah they placed the original bass oh no sorry not justin gordon but the the original bass player but yeah yeah um and then matt i had sort of known kelly around through a mutual friend for like over a year kind of thing and he he said he was always looking for a drummer and he, mm-hmm. and he was like, he doesn't know whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> He's always looking for a drummer. <clears throat> but drummers are hard to find and bass players as well, I think. Good ones. So it took him a while like, of knowing him until he like said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll come play kind of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, he, he said something interesting. He said one of the main reasons he stuck with it is because of Kelly's drive and ambition. And he saw that in Kelly and thought something could come of this just because that's the way he is kind of thing. He's very like he wanted it he wanted the musical career kind of thing right which is a very interesting thing for us and for this show i think to just pause on for a second because that's really important because we cover all these bands and we think about you know uh you know what's the difference between maybe some of our listeners right now that have a project or a band and, and the difference between that and people that are like touring and releasing albums kind of thing it is that someone or everyone in the band to have that motivation mm-hmm. to, to like push things forward and make it happen like, right and being kind of specific about it right because without any of that you're just gonna play a few pub gigs whatever and then fizzle out and not do anything i don't play know, a couple so gigs I, at barboza yeah, exactly fizzle out <laughs> barboza jail this is an inside <laughs> joke for you yeah <laughs> for people that don't know but no um, very true yeah very true so i thought that was interesting because yeah matt tong was like interviewed and he was asked about you know when you joined this band did you think you would be like where you're at now kind of thing and he said he didn't think about anything like that it was just purely like obviously the love for the music and and kelly's driving force kind of thing mm-hmm. so way to go yeah yeah so i mean the story i know they they were basically they started gigging around london yeah yeah and at at that time at the very beginning they didn't have a drummer yet so they they were you know, inviting other drummers to play with them mm. and, you know, test them out and stuff. And so they did that a while and they, that under, they were under the name Union mm. playing these gigs at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was before they found the drummer 
and with that drummer that's when they changed the name to block party right is that right yeah that's that kind of brings home that story yeah and then yeah they basically found their four piece and they were writing and gigging these songs that became basically the silent alarm album Mm -hmm. um because they said by the time they'd went to record Silent Alarm, they'd basically road tested all these songs for like over a year and a half Mm -hmm. in pubs and clubs in London kind of thing. So they were like finely tuned kind of arrangements and stuff like that. So it was, was it a Franz Ferdinand gig that Kelly was at and he had this demo Mm -hmm. tape of this track? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm just blown away because I think (laughs) Franz Ferdinand was pretty big at that time, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, or, yeah, early 2000s, right? So this is a no-name yeah. band, yeah. Block Party, yeah. Kelly goes up. Yeah. Like he's at the bar or something after right. the show, after the gig. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm totally speculating. <laughs> but anyway, but yes, like you said. He got the, of, yeah, he got the chance to interact, I think, with two of the members from Franz Ferdinand. Yeah, yeah. Alex Capranos. Okay. He's the lead singer of Franz oh, wow. Ferdinand. Okay. And so I guess he gave him a demo, like yeah. a cassette or whatever demo yeah. of Block Party's music. Yeah. And I mean, he took it. I don't know. It's just a weird story for me to be reading back because Franz Ferdinand's so huge, but he got him that. And then eventually Franz Ferdinand invited them to play a show with them Um, or what? Yeah, I'm not sure if that happened, but also at this gig where Franz Ferdinand was at, there was this uh, famous Radio 1 DJ, BBC Radio 1 DJ called Steve Lamack. Mm -hmm. Um, He's still around. He's, He's been very influential. We had this show years he probably still has it on a different station all in like new rock music kind of thing and it was kind of a big tastemakers radio show that he had and uh kelly had also at the same show given the demo tape to steve lamack as well mm. and steve lamack ended up playing it on one of his shows liked them so much that he invited block party in to do a live session mm-hmm. um and so that was huge for them i think um, doing that and yeah it was i don't yeah. know dominoes I don't know what that is, if that was a person or a, a band or something, but it was Domino's 10th anniversary party. Hmm. I don't know, Domino uh, oh, record Domino, label? Yeah, the Domino record label. So that, that'd make the most sense. Yeah, Monkey, Arctic Monkeys assigned to them and a bunch of other mm-hmm. big people, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Their, their demos and you know their concerts started to get attention. Yeah. They got this opportunity and the, yeah. the wheel started to, to roll. Yeah, and that track as well was, I think it was like, well, the track that Steve Lamack played was called She's Hearing Voices. So it was a demo mm-hmm. version of a track that eventually ended up on Silent Alarm. Um, so I don't know if there were other tracks on this demo that he handed out, but that was like the one that like Steve Lamack really latched onto. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Yeah, um, so all those tracks were on, on Silent Alarm, came out in February 2005. Yeah. And, and so th- preceding that, they did a few like two or three singles with other like indie la- record labels. Mm-hmm. I think they were starting like once they were, had Franz Ferdinand, Steve Lamack as fans and they'd got this radio airplay, they were able to put out a couple of singles with some other uh, record labels. I think Trash, Asth- Ath- Trash Aesthetic was one label or something, which is a cool name for a label. I think it was defunct in 2014 already. But um, And they these singles did really well, so... This is what led them to their first official record label deal mm-hmm. and to the album Silent Alarm. Yeah. So Yeah, so Silent yeah. Alarm is, yeah. you know, spiky indie rock yeah. atmosphere influenced with R and B and dance mm-hmm. and pop music basically under underneath under the guise of the mm-hmm. 
you know, guitars and stuff, but it was, it was shortlisted for the Mercury prize. Mm -hmm. So pretty cool. And so it was nominated for the shortlist Mu Mu Mercury prize yeah. or shortlist music prize, or is it the shortlist Mu Mercury prize? I think it's Mercury. Yeah. Mercury, Mercury music, music prize. prize. Yeah. So sure. they have like a short list for the people who are like runners up or whatever. Well, so yeah, I think we mentioned this on a few albums because we've a few episodes. I think we've covered at least one or two artists that maybe have, might have won it. Um, can't remember. We're almost at hundred episodes now. It's all a blur. But yeah, they they have they only select a certain number of albums. I think like ten or something like that. And it's all like music press that votes on it. Um, and then a winner is selected, kind of thing. So even to just be selected on the shortlist is kind of like a prestigious thing, like exactly. spot to have. It's like being nominated for an Oscar or something. You're in, even though right. you don't win it, you're like, you know. Close. <laughs> Close. Uh, so it sold over a million copies worldwide and it was certified platinum in the UK. Yeah. So huge. Yeah. Yeah. They were just powering through and they toured on that until 2006. Yeah. A couple of years. Um, and it's funny. So I want to... Since we're on this album, there's a couple of like things that some of the guys have said about this album in hindsight. They didn't say this at the time, but a few albums later, they've come back to reflect on this album and they said a few interesting things. Uh, Matt Tong, the original drummer, said that he thought it was too long, maybe, of an album. Uh, Kelly said more where he can't go back and listen to it because he thought it's too the energy is too chaotic, mm -hmm. which is definitely is like, but that's what <laughs> makes it good as well. I think. Um, and I think it's funny cause they did as a band with a new lineup did revisit it and they did a silent alarm tour in 2018 where they replayed the album with a new lineup kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, but basically Kelly was saying like late in later years, um, they, they became better musicians and he could hear like, the chaotic energy came from like all of the band members like playing over each other and competing with each other mm -hmm. versus listening to each other kind of thing. That's kind of his takeaway from that album sort of thing. But, you know, and I think Matt Tong also said that at the time they didn't know what they were making. They were just doing it. You know, these mm -hmm. are songs they'd had been playing for a year and a half. They went in, they did a good album. Uh, some, a lot of people say it's like rough around the edges, but he said it's actually by pretty well produced like and you can hear that if you actually like hear the drum sounds and all that like is like mixed it sounds rough and raw like in a strokes rough and raw way but it's still produced mm -hmm. right? yeah um but yeah just a few it was interesting to hear them talk years later about this album and you know their thoughts on it which is probably the same as any musician right like the early stuff you go back to listen to and you're like yeah that's not I could have done better or something like that. I don't know. But, I mean, hindsight's yeah. 2020. That's <laughs> exactly, all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's 2023 now. So hindsight's 2023. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they tour and then basically they start making another record, keep the energy up, keep the momentum going. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, they're hyped. They were successful. Yeah. You know, they played, you know, shows. They went on tour. Yeah. Doing awesome, killing it. So, 2007, second album, follow up, sophomore album comes out, A Weekend in the City. Right. Um, it's ambitious. It's got songs juxtaposed with like mundane and you know dramatic dynamic um but it's talking about like stuff like populist media terrorism racism and sexuality mm -hmm. so pretty good follow-up yeah of of decently similar energy yeah um but i think but this we this album was a little bit more 
Um, it was a, it was a little bit more outreaching, like like Radiohead influence. Mm. Um, a little bit more like weirdness or progressiveness. Right. They they were just reaching a little bit more for what they were trying to do. Because, um, for example, and let's play this song called Flux right now. Because uh, it's at, at least you no know, to this point of this band, Flux was one of the most electronic kind of sounding tracks that they'd come out with. Right. Um, so it was a little bit of a you know step ahead for them. So let's let's go play that right now. Block Party from their second album, A Weekend in the City. You can hear why some people mentioned Depeche, Depeche Mode. It's like a, mm-hmm. <laughs> a quality. I hear that in that song. Um, Bjork. I guess when people were referencing Radiohead, they were referencing Kid A, maybe. Yeah. In terms of the electronicness or the experimentalness of Radiohead. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> but it's interesting. So, not the whole album's not like that. If People haven't heard that album. That is yeah. probably one of the most electronic-y ones. There are other tracks on there that are mm-hmm. band sort of sounding, right? Rock rock stuff still kind of thing. So a couple of things about this album. They said it was a quasi-concept album, kind of, where Kelly was exploring um, thoughts on life in London in the 21st century. Um, I think he has a lyric in there that's, East London is a vampire. It sucks the joy right out of me. There's a lyric that's on one of the tracks on this album. Um, uh, interestingly, in hindsight, another hindsight take from Matt Tong, original drummer. He thought this album was too long, too textured. He said it. he felt it took too long for them to finish it because they were deliberating too long at certain like creative points of the writing process kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, that's all I have on that album. So, yeah. yeah, I say we move on. Yeah. So then yeah. we go to Intimacy in 2008. They just come out with another album pretty straight away. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, they also have Flux on this album. So they like that track. Yeah. And I think they were reaching for the same similar direction. So they put yeah. it on there. Right. But it's a, it's another, it's a pretty beastly album. Yeah. A lot of good tracks on there. Yeah. Um, and I think it was around this time after that album came out, they they took some time away from the band. Yeah. So at this point, they'd been going hard for like five years, they said. Right. Writing all these albums, touring. And and it, they didn't uh, elaborate on it, but it sounded like there was a bit of tension within the band as well, like as usual with most bands kind of thing. Yeah, originally Kelly yeah. wanted to continue and make the next album and go straight into it. Yeah. I think he. I saw an interview. He said he like he hated the other guys for not wanting to do another mm-hmm. album. Like he wanted to kill them. He said. <laughs> yeah, but eventually he thought that it was the best idea for the band, and it was a good thing. Yeah, yeah. 
um, yeah. overall. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, in that time though, he did his f first debut album, right? Uh, yeah, so Kelly, he moved. Yeah. Kelly moved to um, Berlin, mm. and so he was collaborating with a producer named Hudson Mohawk, yeah, and him. another producer called XXX Change, mm. yeah. or I don't know if it's pronounced Triple X Change, but that was in yeah. in New York. Right. Yeah. So yeah, took some time off doing some you know different original music. Yeah. You know different energy and stuff, and then 2011 they reunite to create the fourth album. Yeah. So they're back. Yeah. So they took the break. Um, and like I said, Kelly did his debut album. He also went on tour with that. And he did mention the fact that it was interesting for him perspective-wise to tour by himself without the band and mm -hmm. have that experience as well kind of thing. And so I think that helps reset himself as well for coming back to do this album four, which is obviously their fourth album, but also there's the four members of the band and it's the energy between them, mm -hmm. I think, that they wanted to recapture for this one. Um, having done those three albums before and they, you know, they all felt they were never going to make a silent alarm album again. There wasn't going to be that energy again. It seems like I've heard them say, um, lyrically, I think as well, like Kelly had moved on. He felt like the first album, he was like hiding behind abstract lyrics rather than like being a little bit more transparent with what he was trying to say. I think it was something he's been, he'd been feeling um mm -hmm. throughout those albums as well um but yeah four i mean what did you think did you listen to this album or uh i mean yeah it's it's yeah. good it's mm -hmm. there's a lot of good stuff block party for me there's a they they have a lot of tracks that i really like mm -hmm. and then there's a lot of tracks that i'm like eh. yeah so they're they're a band that i they're kind of like a playlist type of band like i just pick and choose particular songs that i really like yeah um and they really hit for me and in all aspects of the musicality and everything. Yeah. And then some of them just don't really turn me on that much. Yeah, yeah. So I just kind of let them be. Case in point, let me just play a little bit of this track. was a track a little bit of a track called real talk which is on that album four and the reason i played that is because kelly said um they'd all got back together as a band and they were actually in new york in a rehearsal room um playing together for the first time after their hiatus and he said this track real talk was the first one that they played where he was like oh this is very different than what we've done before and he wanted the whole album to have this kind of vibe and energy kind of thing mm -hmm. So I heard him talk about that before I'd heard this track. I hadn't heard this track before and I played it and I was like, hmm, I'm not too keen on it. And I played some of the other tracks from this album and I like the other tracks better. <laughs> and it's interesting because this is like, it's very simple kind of track, real talk. Um, doesn't have that up energy kind of thing, mm -hmm. like a silent alarm, for example, or even some of the other tracks on this album. Um, so I thought that was curious. Just, you know, 
the fact that he thought this was the pivotal song to hang the album on and I was like it's probably one of my least favorite tracks on the album yeah I don't know, like, yeah. yeah I don't know this yeah. guy he just likes to do stuff that he yeah. wants to do and I, yeah. I like that yeah 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 you know if it's like different energy he's trying to explore though that's why I kind of like the guy yeah you know just sure like what he's doing and what the band is doing yeah yeah definitely um so where are we at we have four um i mean i've said most of what i want to say about this band um right. and i'm not intimately familiar with the rest of the albums yeah you know I'm, so hymns comes out in 2016 mm-hmm. um they they did come out with a, like you said they toured with silent alarm with the new lineup and and did a tour playing all those songs back to back yeah like all, the album all the way through and that was a pretty big success yeah i think they did the tour in like england or europe and then it was a success, so they did it in the U.S. Right, like extended the tour, and they also came out with a live album of um, Silent Alarm. Yeah, yeah. Of uh, one of the, I'm not sure where the recordings were taken from. Mm. But I think it, it might have been with a new lineup because yeah. So basically, after the album four, that's when uh, the lineup changed, basically, kind of thing. Uh, uh, Matt left the band shortly after, and then Gordon left the band. Um, and then it took a while for them to like figure out who the new members were going to be and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then Alpha Games in 2022. Right. So that brings us right up to date. Yeah. Um, and this one just, I don't know, it's just more of the same stuff. They're just stretching a little bit what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's just very block party at the same time. Yeah. yeah. The, the only thing I know about these two albums is Hymns, I think, was mostly the two original members that wrote and recorded all of it, pretty mm-hmm. much. Russell and Kelly. And then for Alpha Games, they wanted all of the the other two members to be there kind of thing and, and write in a room. That was the only rule they had. They said basically all four of them to be in the room to mm-hmm. write all the songs together kind of thing. And yeah, I only heard a little bit of the sound, but it sounds like they come back full circle a little bit and right. they've come back a little bit more simpler and down to basics. I th- and I, I think yeah. that kind of came from the Silent Alarm like tour right. where they were playing those songs. And yeah. so they kind of, that reinvigorated their their love of that rock and kind of rough musical style. Yeah, yeah. The kind of post-punk. So, yeah, it is kind of a yeah. full-circle moment. Yeah. And they kind of brought back that energy to Alpha Games, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. Because they're, they've been a band for about 20 years. Yeah. Kind of, you know, really stretched and went, you know, to a different place than they started. Yeah. And then they kind of brought it back. Yeah. And I think Kelly's done like five albums in this whole within this whole time as well. Of his yeah. own stuff as well. So yeah, he doesn't uh, stop. Yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> he's prolific too. Yeah. So uh yeah. That's block party, that's right? Block party. Kind of, in a nutshell. I mean, I feel like they've been around as I was researching them, I was like, okay, there's a bigger story here, but we're not gonna fit it all in. We're not we're not the authoritative. Do you think there's thing a bigger there. story than we're telling? I feel like there's I think just with any band that's been around for so long. There's mm-hmm. like a lot of story and history that, well, I mean, can, yeah, you know, can't possibly sort of we're getting too much into the details. No, we're part. just trying to have a yeah. snapshot and, yeah. and learn and show that this band exists because other people don't even know. Yeah, if you don't know, if you're just hearing of them for the first time, they got they got a whole back catalogue, and I think one of them said might have been Kelly, might have been Matt. If you want to start anywhere, start with Silent Alarm. Hundred percent. Yeah. No question. Start yeah. with the debut yeah. album. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And then um based on what you like from there, go maybe go to the twenty twenty two Alpha Games album. Um, yeah. Actually, and hop yeah. around from there. Yeah. But um definitely start with Silent Alarm. Yeah. That's all I got on Block Party. All right. 
I'm going to play out with a track from Intimacy. From Intimacy. Album. Yeah. What is that? The fourth or the fourth album? Or yeah. The fifth album, I mean. Yeah. Third or fifth? I don't know. We're going to play out with a song. Well, a song. Yeah. From Music. Party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but hang out with us online uh, at Roots to Grooves on Instagram, um, at Signal Radio on TikTok. What else do we have? We have a Twitter at Twitter. Roots to Grooves. Yeah. So you can tweet at us, let us know, give us some tips, tricks, link us up, send us some memes. New YouTube channel. We used to be on the Signal YouTube channel. Now we have a very own YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash at Roots to Grooves. Boom. And then if you want to hit us up directly, talk to Jay or I. I'm Jesse. That's Jay. Hit us up at the email and Jay's got it for us right here. Roots to Grooves at SignalRadio.com. S-I-G-N-L Radio.com. Peace. Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S I G N L radio.com.